11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow up to show. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Sunday, April 8th, the boys are back. It's playoff hockey time, dude. I don't have to worry about the Rangers sucking anymore. Their season's over. The Bees, they play tonight, so we don't have all the seedings, but we got some hypotheticals coming up in a bit. A lot of shit happened in the hockey world this week. Some good, some really bad. Um, but we're looking forward to talking about it. We have some voicemails. We have some uh, Twitter questions. It's, it's going to be a jam-packed show. Uh, Hal is back with us for the week. Hal, how's it going, man? Wonderful. I want to give a shout-out to Cooner, too, by the way. Uh, because I have the tendency of going off the grid five, six hours, maybe a couple days at a time. Uh, and ever since Ked found Cooner, uh, I don't get harassed as much on those days. It's not, it's like, uh, it's just, it's, it's like a safety net for me. It feels really good. So shout out to Cooner. You've been doing an awesome job. I listened to you guys last week. So keep the momentum rolling. Yeah. Cooner was actually going to come on with us today, but I think he's in Buffalo. He got trapped there. He texted me and said he's not going to be able to make it, but, uh, yeah, quick shout out. I, I mean, I've talked to some people too that they they think he's fucking awesome. So we, I mean, I love when Cooner comes on. Um, one of these days, we'll have to get like a little three way, what's up uh, podcast going with all of us. We'll figure it out when that happens. But <clears throat> because we have so much shit to cover today, let's hop right into it. NHL in the news. Uh, play the music. All right, NHL in the news. Here we go. Like I said, jam packed. We have so much shit to talk about. We're going to start it off with a pretty somber note. Um, if you're a hockey player, a hockey fan, anything like that, you've definitely heard about this. Uh, there was an accident at the Humboldt uh, Broncos in Junior League in Canada. What, Sask- Saskatchewan? Is that right, Hal? Yeah, yeah um, and I think the accident happened in Saskatoon. Yeah. A- um, they were on the their team bus, and they got in an accident, and 15 people ended up... Uh, passing away their head coach the bus driver the statistician and a bunch of like really young good hockey players um a bunch of nhl teams pretty much everybody from the community is kind of rallying around this uh it keeps getting brought up like these moments like all all hockey players really you know live through stuff like that where you're hanging out with the boys and stuff like that and this kind of makes it uh seem like you take shit for granted like i don't know it it's really sad. We had to say something about it because thoughts and prayers are obviously with those guys. Um, I don't want to get too much into it because, uh, I mean, it's just a fucking sad thing. Do you have anything with this? Well, yeah, I just wanted to say I thought it was weird. Like, I think it was Tuesday night. Um, Riley, ne- or, I'm sorry. Fuck. Yeah, man, I'm blanking. So this story is going to go pretty tough. Colby Cave got called up for the Bruins, and he played for the Swift Current Broncos, or it's in WHL. And, like, whenever a prospect gets called up, I always kind of search through social media, just kind of see what they're about, see if I can find anything I think's funny. 
And I went through, and he and he played for Swift Current, which was that team that was in that other bus accident where Lindy Ruff's uh, brother died, mm-hmm. like way back in the day. And this was like three days ago, and I read that, and I, I ended up watching like a video on it. I was thinking about how sad it was, and then Friday night, like same thing happened, came up on my Twitter feed. It was like, damn. Uh, yeah, same thing here, man. Like, just kind of, it's a really sad story. Like, thoughts are with those people. I, I pulled a little bit of an overtime on Saturday, went into the office, and like, thinking it was like on my mind all day how sad it was so definitely somber it's pretty brutal i mean i talked to my dad about it i think he kind of nailed it best like parents really are never supposed to bury their kids the kids are supposed to bury their parents and it's just i mean it's brutal dude um the hockey community is rallying behind them there's a bunch of different ways to donate money to these families just search it on twitter google something will pop up anything helps those guys uh shout out to that community Thoughts and prayers. There's really not much more you can say to that, but it fucking sucks. Uh, but now that we talked about that, we're going to move on a little bit. We are going to now get into uh, Henrik and Daniel Sedin announcing their retirement. Um, two awesome, awesome players. Twin brothers taking second and third in the draft, which is crazy, the fact that the Canucks had both of those picks. Um, Henrik ended up with 240 goals, 830 assists. 1,070 points. Daniel, 393 goals, 648 assists with 1,041 points. Like, obviously, they're twins, but it's kind of crazy how, like, points-wise was so similar. You have a center, a wing. Uh, I mean, we looked up other stats. Henrik won the Hart Trophy in uh, 2010 and the scoring trophy. Daniel won the scoring trophy in the Ted Lindsay in 2011. Uh, Great players. I'm kind of interested to see what you have to say about this as a Boston Bruins fan. I think... Pretty much everybody else in the league is, like, very respectful of the Sedins just because they're, like, a quiet Swedes, you know what I mean? And then you have one team with an entire fan base that cannot fucking stand them. So, as a Bruins fan, what do you have on it? I'm not going to, like, troll the Sedins. They're very good players. Like, I mean, you look, I mean, one guy, they both won, one won the MVP, the other one won the MVP voted by the players, like... Very good careers, like unbelievable hockey players. I still can't tell them apart. Um, I still have no idea which one's which. <laughs> yeah, man, I mean, they're good. I don't think I control them. They just, the thing is, and I think it's more of an East Coast thing, is that, like, they just don't mean that much to me. Mm-hmm. Like, they were unbelievable <laughs> hockey players. And I still think there's guys on the West Coast that, like, I really take it, like, in when I watch them play. They never meant that much to me. Um, I don't know if that is the Bruins in me. But, like, I never was like, oh, sweet, I'm turning on the game and the Sedins are playing. Unbelievable. And they, and the thing is, they have so many highlight real goals. Like, I'm really not trying to diss them in any way. I'm just saying I'm not connected personally to the Sedins, um, if that makes any sense. No, it does. Um, I have two things. One, like, their last game, I forget who scored and who had the assist, but it was one Sedin to another Sedin scoring in overtime. I mean, they're not making the playoffs or whatever, but still a pretty cool way to go out. Kind of like when, when Jeter's last home game, he hit that, that uh, he went uh, to right field, and then they, you know, walk off against the Orioles in a, in a meaningless game, but it still just kind of brought you back, like, holy shit, like that was vintage kind of thing. Fact, dude. And then, and then second thing, I keep bringing up Jeter, but, like, it was nice to see, like, two guys retire and not have, like, a giant, like, ceremony about them throughout, like, the entire year. Like, Jeter and David Ortiz, when, like, they retired, it was every single game was like, ugh. I like the fact that the Sidians waited until, like, three games left in the season to do that. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I'm digging that move, too. Uh, Shout out to Patrick Sharp, who obviously is not on the same planet as them. He did the same thing, though. Like, 
I think that's the way to go out. You get your one night, you get your recognition, uh, but it's not all about you the whole year. Like people aren't talking about it all year. It's definitely a cool move, and I think that shows too. A cool move on their part. Um, just kind of like, I mean, just I mean, they could have if they wanted to have that city of Vancouver like on their hands and knees like all year long. But yeah, hundred percent. So that is cool. Uh, yeah. Also, they, they they totally could have done that too at the beginning of the year. Been like, this is my last thing, and it would have been exactly like in baseball how like they were giving things shit like that. But like, I, I don't know. But what what else were you gonna say? I just hope that Daniel. Uh, I think I hope Daniel has a better life than Henrik. Uh, just because it's like his brother's worn the sea the last like ten years. Like, I don't know. Give Daniel the sea for life. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. No, for- <laughs> I hope he does it bigger than Henrik. I mean, there there were also a couple like. The two viral videos that come to mind when, when discussing them, I, I Instagrammed one of them the other day, when they're both on the bench and they, like, they drink the water, and then they, and it's, like, in sync with them. That was cool. And then, obviously, Martian punching, I don't know what, one in the face, like, a million times. That's a pretty tough look for a really skilled player. I bet he wish he had that one back. Sedin's, dude. Fucking Sedin's, dude. All right. Uh, all right, moving on. This one's one of my favorites. Elaine Vigneault has been fired. Uh, New York Rangers, <clears throat> a couple years ago when they fired Tortorella, they waited a couple days after the exit interviews, and they're like, okay, see you later. And a lot of people thought that was bold. They waited all of like six hours to get rid of this fucking guy. Um, after the game, he was asked about whether or not he was going to be there. Uh, he said, yes, without a doubt. I think my staff is right for this job. I think one of the strongest assets of this organization is its coaching staff and their experience. Nope. That didn't really last too long. Six hours later, he's fucking out. Um, there's a lot of people saying how great of a coach he is and all this shit. And I think a lot of the issues I had to do with is the Rangers had a younger team. And everybody also says if, you know, if AV has an older team with veterans and leadership and, like, like stuff like that, that, I mean, he he's in a better situation. But my argument with that is, like, so you're telling me he's a good coach if he's coaching a team with good players? Is that is that what you're telling me? Because isn't that, like, how does that make sense? Dude, one, you don't win with old teams in the NHL anymore. Like, team, you need to have young players playing lots of minutes to win games in the NHL in today's cap era. I agree. Two, I am so on board with you. There are so many people out there acting like Ranger fans who think AV sucks as a coach are an idiot. You're an idiot. You are an idiot. You clearly haven't watched 82 games this year. The thing is, is AV did have some very good cores. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not saying the Rangers are stacked with stars. He had some very good teams. 100%. And did bring him to the Cup Finals once? Yes, but he failed. Like, Same he with the failed. Canucks. He doesn't know how to manage players. He doesn't know how to mix it up and produce the right lines. He gives the wrong guys minutes because he's scared to let guys learn and make mistakes. He's an idiot. He... I don't get why there is so much love for AV. Like, if you're a Rangers fan and there's someone who's like a Penguins fan being like, Show some respect for Alan Vigneault. He's a great coach. I would be like, buddy, why don't you let him coach the fucking Penguins and see if they win a Stanley Cup? Because they would. Yeah. No, it's just, it doesn't make, that whole thing of him being like, oh, if they have veteran leadership and good players and not too many young guys. Like, that's just literally saying like, okay, he's a good coach because he's coached teams with good players. Like, that, doesn't that make sense? Wouldn't wouldn't anybody be able to coach a team with really good players and like have a good year? Is that, am I being an idiot or... No, like, oh, like, you did well with Roberto Luongo and Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah. Like, oh, man, like, good for you. <laughs> yeah, you, you, did, you did good with the fucking Sedin brothers, and then, like, 
the Callahan, fucking all those guys in like their prime years. Oh no way, really? Like yeah, I, it's I don't know, man. I'm happy for the Rangers. Like if I was a fan, I would say, okay, now we can really like rebuild. Uh, yeah, I mean, best news possible. They didn't waste half a fucking second. Yeah, I, I mean, my my question is, the Rangers have to hire a coach before the draft, right? Dude, that's the best part about this, though, is, like, I can't wait to see who the Rangers hire as a coach. Like, the Rangers, like, always have a wild card. It was A.V., like, the like the French guy who's, like, kind of st- stupid, and you had torts before that. Like, Mike Keenan, like, they always go after the big names. Like, what big name are the Rangers going to bring in? Like, do you think they would go, like, the college hockey route? Are they going to be that way? We have young players. Let's get a young coach. Or do you think they're going to go – Let's hire someone for dumb money. I think this is, I think this move is kind of like Gorton really like flexing. Like this is kind of my team. Like I'm managing it now, kind of thing. Um, what I would hope is like like a Sheldon Keefe, the AHL Marlies coach, who's like produced pretty good players for the Marlies. He's obviously worked with younger players and helped develop their skills, which is what the Rangers need right now. Um, I saw some names tossed tossed around that Montgomery College coach, the college coach for Union College, was tossed around. And then, of course, you had, like, Patrick Waugh and, like, Dan Bilesma. Um, I don't know. But answer my question, though. They have to hire a coach by the draft, right? You have to. Uh, I mean, how many picks do the Rangers have? They have three in the first round, two in the second round. So they have five picks in the first two rounds. Wouldn't you want, like, a coach to kind of give some sort of input there? I don't think they're just going to fucking draft and then be like, oh, here you go, coach. Here's the thing, though, is I think – it doesn't matter if Gorton does it right because if Gorton's like you said, is saying this is my show, you know I'm the chief of this tribe, like this is my team. Then what Gorton's going to do is Gorton's going to draft the players he wants to draft. He definitely sent his scouts out there all year, and he was looking for the players that he wants. And I think the only way he hires a coach is if that coach is somebody that wants the same players as him. So if Gorton does a good job hiring a coach then he's going to hire someone who's going to have the same philosophies on the same page, and it doesn't matter if he's there before or not. Hopefully they find that guy before the draft, but if I'm a Rangers fan and I believe in Gorton, which I think you kind of do, then I would be okay. I wouldn't panic. I wouldn't press the panic button. I think, I think for a guy who has dealt the cards that he had, with the with the contracts that they gave out before with, with Mark Stahl, Dan Girardi, Lumquist, uh, Rick Nash, and stuff like that, he would... I would say he was kind of dealt a shit hand. I mean, at the time, they were competitive, and they were wheeling and dealing, but at the same time, you could tell that, like, the wind was starting to come out of the sails. And I, the movies that, the wow, the movies that he has made since then, I think have been awesome. They've gotten a lot of really good young talent. Uh, I mean, Mika Zabinijad, if he didn't get hurt this year, he probably would have put up 30 goals and only paying him, like, $5 million a year, which is pretty fucking good. You have a bunch of really good young defensemen. It's going to be interesting. I haven't been this excited in a really long time. Side note, I found out about this because you texted me last night, and I thought for sure that you were drunk just fucking with me. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty pumped I got to break that news to you. So, uh, Big ups to me. Uh, every now and then, you have uh, a weekend's away. So, you know, I have to go out there and just make sure I'm patrolling the internet for the boys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we're going to get into playoffs now. We talked about this. We think in the past that we really haven't covered playoffs that that great. So what we're going to do is each series we're we're going to discuss our storyline and then we're going to make a prediction of who's going to win. And then after the series, kind of go back to it and be like, okay, well, this happened, this didn't happen. So I um I I need to get a beer. <laughs> okay, well while he's getting a while he's getting a beer, um I'll break down the first one. The Western. Let's we'll start with the Western Conference. Uh, 
first series that we are going to talk about, the Nashville Predators and the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, the Avalanche sneaked into the playoffs by beating the St. Louis Blues last night. My storyline of this series is the fact that, I mean, I like McKinnon. I like that Rottenen, I think is his name is. Uh, they have Barry on the back. Landis Scott plays well. But other than that, there's not much depth. Uh, I don't even really know who's in net for them because Varlamov's hurt. So, I mean, it's a good story for the Avs. I'm glad that they made it. It's kind of cool because they suck last year and they're in just kind of like the Devils. But at the end of the day, I don't think they have any sort of shot against the Predators. So I'm going to take the Preds over the Avs. Yeah, I mean, I would go... I'll say this. So my storyline with the Predators, I don't know if it just goes straight series, but really the playoffs altogether. Like, I don't think people talk about this enough, and I know they made it to the Cup Finals last year. But, like, Matt Irwin and Alexei Emlin, if you're trying to make a Cup run, are not two defensemen that you want on their team. They are two of the worst defensemen in the league. Like, I understand that Yossi can carry Irwin and... Emlin has, like, a metal plate in his head, which is fucking sick. But, like, those two would severely concern me. Because against against a team like the Avalanche, and this is why I agree with you, you can totally hide shitty defensemen because their depth is, isn't there. Mm-hmm. Like, the Avalanche are a good story, like you said, but they have, like, one very solid line, and they do have some great, like, role players, but they don't have two or three lines that scare you. Like, you need to have, I think, to be a real Stanley Cup contender, you have three lines that can produce a lot. They don't have that, so they can hide those players. I'm just thinking, like, down this playoff, like, rabbit hole we're going, like, I really think that's going to – it's actually going to be the defense that bites the Predators in the butt, which is a bold take. But I got – I got Preds in five. Are we doing games too? Yeah. All right. uh, Preds in six. I'll go Preds in six. Wasn't there something you want to talk about with the the Avalanche, though? And the Blues? (laughs) Oh, no, I mean, we could talk about that. I just thought it was funny. I mean, Blues fans, I know we have one that called in to this show. Really butthurt last night. Uh, Blues won on an offside call. Uh, earlier in the year, Earlier in the year, the Avalanche lost to the Blues because of a bullshit call. So, just the hockey gods working out, dude. Karma's just not a nightclub, dude. <laughs> he literally asked me that question just so he could say Karma's <laughs> not a nightclub. I don't know what you're talking about. All right, so that, those are our predictions. Next, Next one. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets, Minnesota Wild. My storyline, Eric Stahl put up mad points this year. Eric Stahl is the gun for hire from Minnesota going up against Dustin Bufflin. <laughs> Good luck, Stahl. I have Winnipeg in five. Winnipeg in five. Wow. So, I totally get that take. Um, like, it does make sense. Like, if Eric Stahl's your, like, your best player going into the playoffs. That's a problem. I know he had an unbelievable year. And it is a pretty cool story. I mean, he's not making that much money. I know you hate the boys from Thunder Bay. But, I mean, Eric Stahl is a good hockey player at this point. Didn't have it with the Rangers whatsoever. Uh, I would just say I don't I don't believe in the Jets. I think I talked about them being pretty pumped up about them, like, pretty recently. I have backed off that train. Like, I don't know, man. Like, did you – did you see the national championship game the other night? Like it is hockey season in Minnesota and they're fired up. They just won one championship trying to come win for another. That's a huge storyline to me. I just think it, the juice in that air is going to be crazy. And it's a Canadian team. Like Canadian favorite gets bounced in the first round. It happens every year. Really the only favorite this year from Canada is the Winnipeg Jets. So, I mean, they're due for an early exit. I just don't see it. I think Winnipeg's a really good team. I know people are going to shit on me for this, but like when I see like, 
Patrick Line, like, I do not think is at the point where he is a difference maker every single shift. I do not see him every shift, like, being electric. I don't see Blake Wheeler doing the same thing. Nikolai Ehlers, like, all these players, like, when I watch them play and I watch the Jets play, disappear for periods of time, and I just don't, I don't see it, man. Like, I don't know. Do you think I'm way off base on this? I think you're way off base on this, dude. I think Blake Wheeler's sick. Patrick Line, I mean, against the Rangers, who obviously didn't have that many defensemen, they played the Rangers this year. I think Line had a hat trick. In all the games that I watched this year, I was like the most impressed by him. You're in Winnipeg. That building is going to be loud. They're, they are going to do the whiteout, which I know that you don't like. But, I mean, I don't think there's any shot Winnipeg loses this series. I got Minnesota in six. Wow. All right. So that's, that's the first Hal <laughs> versus Ked matchup. Uh, moving on. Kings versus the Knights. My storyline is this is a battle of royalty, dude. Uh, you have the King on one hand, and you have the Knights on the other hand. Who normally wins that type of matchup? Well, that's going to go right into what I have to think. Kings. I think the Kings are going to win this series. I think this is going to be the first seven-game series that we do see, though. Uh, the Knights have had some magic this year, but it's going to be it's going to be weird seeing if William Carlson can pr- produce in the playoffs. It's going to be weird if Jonathan Marchessault can produce in the playoffs. Marc-Andre Fleury is your goalie, something that, I mean, he's had some pretty good success in the playoffs, so that's good for them. But at the end of the day, I like Drew Doughty. Um, I, I like Kopitar's fucking nasty, Tyler Toffoli. And, every, I mean, the, the Kings play that type of playoff hockey, you know what I mean? They play that, that game that of a team that you don't want to play in a seven-game series. You're going to play them, and you're going to have a lot of bumps. You're going to have a lot of bruises. And so I'm going to go Kings in seven. Yeah, and... I'm going to say this, like, Marc-Andre Fleury has some great playoff success. Most recent playoff success, he's been getting chased, sitting on the bench, doing nothing. I would love, it's been a hot minute since we've seen Marc-Andre Fleury on the bench with a towel on in the second period in the playoffs, and I'm all about it. Um, I, I want to talk about Dustin Brown. Uh, New York, dude, got to shout out Ithaca, it's high school good. hockey legend. Uh, 63, 61 points this year, that's insane. He's been getting shit on, lost his C. Uh, no longer really looks like the same player, bust out. To me, that means, I mean, if Dustin Brown's producing, like the Kings are a dangerous team, uh, Kings in four. A sweep. I am so <laughs> sick. I can't wait for the Knights. This is the funny thing, too, is these are two of the most entitled fan bases. Kings fans, like no one in L.A. cares about hockey, except for the playoffs. And then Vegas Golden Knights fans are out there on Facebook so talking about how they've been fans of the team for three years now, so... I mean, fucking get out of my face. I can't wait. If the Kings sweep the Knights, I will feel so good. I hope that happens. All right. Uh, last Western Conference uh, matchup, Anaheim Ducks, San Jose Sharks. My storyline is this is the battle of two good teams that don't have a shot of winning the Stanley Cup with sort of irrelevant goaltending. Um, I mean, this is just kind of a pick em. I think these are two pretty decently matched squads. Um... I'm gonna go. Sh- I'm gonna go Sharks in six, just because I kind of like the whole effect that they have a Vander Kane. It's gonna be interesting to see how he does in, in the offs. Uh, Brent Burns. I mean, Vlasic shuts down anybody on any given night. I know the Ducks are deep, but like, I feel like. Would you agree that the Anaheim Ducks are kind of like the New York Rangers of the Western Conference? Not not like the current New York Rangers, but the Rangers of like the last couple years where they like probably should be favorites, and like they they go on good runs, but at the end of the day, they just can't get it done. Yeah, I mean, I guess, dude. I don't know. I'm kind of right there with you with neither of these teams really matter to me or in the long run. Um, Orange County is one of my favorite movies ever with Jack Black. I own that on DVD. Fuck yeah. Uh, my storyline for you, 
is. Who's your favorite Laguna Beach character? Uh, definitely, definitely Kristen, dude, when she goes to Cabo. See, I always thought you might be behind Justin Bobby, though, dude. He, I mean, he was pretty cool, dude. If there was one person from Laguna Beach that also could potentially be from Greenfield, New York, Greenfield Center would be Justin Bobby. Well, don't forget about Jason, dude. He had a pretty good fastball. Nah, Jason, definitely a Boston spot kid. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it'll be a fun series, I think. I actually think it'll be a great series just because it's like that West Coast rivalry. Both teams have some great players. They can skate. Like, there's a lot of legends in that game. I think guys added their prime a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Sharks in seven, uh, but I see both of these teams making a quick exit in the second round. Okay. All right, so that was our Western Conference wrap-up. Okay. Uh, I picked Sharks. <sighs> Congratulations. All right. Uh, Eastern Conference. We'll start with the two series that are for sure in right now. Probably my favorite series of the playoffs, Penguins-Flyers. This is a series I look forward to every year, the rivalry of Pennsylvania. Um, my storyline is is the only chance the Flyers have of winning the series is if they play the way like Bobby Clark and Dave Schultz did. They have to bully the Pittsburgh Penguins. If you look back a couple years ago when like Claude Giroux hit Crosby and then like scored on the same shift, they had the Penguins freaking out because they were playing rough and tough hockey and it, it got the Penguins off their game. I kind of, that's the only shot they have. If they try to play a skilled game, they're going to lose. They need to go out there and bully people. Wayne Simmons needs to be a factor. Travis Konechny needs to be a factor. And then you have to have uh, Voracek and Drew fucking wheeling and dealing. Your defense needs to step up. Only issue is the goaltending a little bit. Having said all that, Pittsburgh in four or five. Pittsburgh in five. Okay. Yeah, I think... uh... You gotta have a huge dump in your pants if you're not pumped up that this is like the series that got picked. Like, sweet dude. Like, pens, pens, flyers, first round, awesome. Like, couldn't be more pumped. Uh, I'm kind of with you. I think Travis Konechny. When Jordy came on the podcast the first time earlier this year, I said that that 2015 draft, the one player I wish that the Bruins drafted was Travis Konechny. Like, kid's really good. I think his game's meant for the playoffs. I think he'll have a good series. I think Claude Giroux is one of my favorite players to watch in the playoffs because he's one of those guys that does elevate his game. Mm-hmm. And by the way, he just scored like, what, 103 points or some shit, and he's about to elevate his game. That's insane. Yeah. So, I mean, that'll be fun to watch. Yeah, it's funny because the two storylines in this, it's like, one, you got Pittsburgh. Like, they've got to be tired. Like, there's enough enough for Pittsburgh. Can they really go for three? And then you look at Philly and, like, Philadelphia, the city is on a high right now. And, like, I'm really fucking kind of over it. Um, it would be nice – just to make sure that Philadelphia stays in this place. And it's like, okay, guys, like we've had fun, but like this is over. Penguins in five. Penguins in five. All right. Uh, moving on to the other series that's already decided. The Washington Capitals are going to play the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, my storyline for this is the Battle of the Russians, Ovechkin versus Panarin. Battle of the power plays. Who's going to have better power plays? You're going to have Torts in there. You know Torts is going to be fucking pissed off at something. I'm hoping if there's a goalie interference call that goes the wrong way, it's in this series over any other series. Um, I think the the Caps need TJ Oshie to have a good series. <clears throat> when TJ Oshie's on, which is kind of weird because you don't really think of him that way, he can be a game changer. When he's playing the way he's supposed to be playing, he's getting to the dirty areas of the ice, banging bodies, playing that skilled game at the same time. TJ Oshie's a hell of a player. Said all that. Columbus in six. Oh. Columbus in six, yep. dude. Washington yeah, doesn't I, even uh, get out of the first round. I, the one storyline I like was really thinking about, 
is Seth Jones. I mean, last time, I mean, he was in the playoffs last year. When he was 19, he broke out. He was playing for the Predators. He was playing big minutes against the Blackhawks in that game. They took him to six, and that was like Blackhawks, like, that was Blackhawk, Blackhawk hockey. Like, I mean, he plays a man's game, and he's built for the playoffs. And I think it's going to be so much fun to watch him. I hope he's shutting down Ovechkin left and right. Like, American hockey, like, if you talk about who your favorite young hockey player from America should be right now, I think Seth Jones should be in your top three. Like, I, I honestly hope if NHL players get to go back to the Olympics someday that Seth Jones might have a CRNA on his chest. I really think he's that good of a hockey player. With that being said, though, man, it's a little too quiet in Washington for me right now. Like, uh-huh. The hype isn't there. Do I think the Washington Capitals are going to win the Stanley Cup? No chance in hell. Second round or bust, dude, but I mean, it's the first round. That's gravy for the Caps. This is the Caps' sweet spot. Playoffs doesn't start till they start losing in the second round, so I got Caps and six. Caps and six, all right. <clears throat> all right, so now we get into the series that haven't really been decided. Hal is overly confident that the Bruins are going to win tonight. So if the Bruins do win tonight, we're just going to kind of do our predictions that way, and if they don't, next week we'll have a mulligan and we'll go back to what the fuck's going on. Um, so we're just going to assume Boston is going to play New Jersey. Um, new, my storylines New Jersey had a good story this year, but that emoji using dickhead doesn't have a shot of stopping the uh, sixty three plus thirty seven equals a hundred. Um, you don't Gregorius? Yeah, dude, he wishes he was Didi Gregorius. Uh, Devils. I mean, it sucks that they're gonna have to play the Bruins probably because I sort of like the way that their team is made up. They have a superstar in Taylor Hall. They got some young guys there. Defense isn't too bad. Then you have, like, your grip players, Patty Maroon, Brian Boyle. You got speed with Michael Grabner. They're not a bad team, but they're playing the fucking Boston Bruins, who probably the most impressive-looking team all year, I would say. That's that's a pretty rough fucking matchup. Uh, I'm going to go Bs in six. All right, yeah, so as a Bruins fan, I think a lot of people are probably like, this is going to be fucking sweet. Um... I do want to give shout out. I mean, Miles Wood and Patrick Maroon on the same third line is like one of my favorite lines ever. I didn't know it existed. I'm gonna be honest. I was on Twitter the other night and I saw Patrick Maroon feed a sick pass to Miles Wood, and I was like, "That's fucking awesome." Those are two boys that can bang, and they're gonna be a problem for the Bruins. I mean, they're gonna wear D down like Tory Krug, Matt Grizzly. Like you're gonna begin to run the fuck over a lot by those two. I, that's kind of exciting to me. I think that will bring a nice element to the game. Um, I'm not going to say that I'm not scared of the Devils, but at the end of the day, like, this Bruins team is not a team that you want to play when you're having goaltender issues. Like, I like Keith Kincaid a lot more than you do. I do not trust Keith Kincaid against Marchand, Pasternak, uh, Krug's lighting it up, Bergeron. I could go down the list of guys who I feel very confident are going to be able to solve the Keith Kincaid puzzle. Um, and, and, like... What's going to happen is, like, game one or two, I think the Bruins are going to light up Kincaid and Schneider's going to come in. Schneider's a very good goalie, but, I mean, what is your psyche when you've just been benched for a fucking undrafted player who just took you over, like, halfway through the season when you're supposed to be the star of the franchise? Like, I just think that's a shaky situation for the Devils, and it's all going to go on the shoulders of Keith Kincaid, your boy. So, I'll go Bruins in six as well. Uh, But I I look forward to it. Like, uh, at the same time, though, it's kind of like, Devil's tickets are like fifteen dollars for a playoff game, and like it's sick, but not that sick. Yeah. So, what, what do you have? I Bruins and six. Bruins and six. Okay. Um, and then the last series that we have to discuss, if this happens, Tampa Bay, Toronto. 
I think out of all the series, this is probably the most even one. Would you agree with that? I don't know if it's the most even, but I think it's going to be the best. Yeah. Um, my storyline, I really like Toronto. I, I like Matthews. I root for him because it's Cousin Eddie's team. Uh, they're fun to watch. They're electric. But in a seven-game series, having Killhorn, Callahan, Kunitz, and Miller, that's I mean, that's rough. They're going to be banging bodies. They're going to be mixing it up. They're just assholes to play against. And, I mean, who does Toronto have? They have fucking Komarov. And maybe they'll put Matt Martin in the lineup. Probably not. Kadri's uh, good. It's one of those things where, like, if Toronto ends up beating Tampa, people will be shocked. I won't be that shocked. But, I, I mean, I, I think Tampa's got this. I'm going to go Tampa in six. Yeah, so, man, this is a really tough one for me, like... I think as a Bruins fan, like I have seen so many big games of both these teams this year. I have seen both of them play. I've seen that I've watched them play each other because I'm super intrigued in like the standings. This is a good series. I think this is a great matchup. I have shit on t- uh, Toronto like all year long, mainly just because like they're young. They're supposed to be building. Like this is not supposed to be their year. The one thing I'll say about Tampa is like they have some unbelievable pieces and they are so super deep. They just don't really, like, do it for me, though. Like, and I don't really know. I don't really know why. But this quote that I saw, like, literally said it all. So, Louis Domingue said this after they lost their game, last game of the season. We're going to hope the hockey gods are going to be on our side for the rest of the way here. And hopefully Florida beats Boston. Louis Domingue does not want to play the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, I know that's a backup goalie just giving a throwaway quote. But when you say that, that means in the psyche of the Maple Leafs locker room, they're saying, holy shit, like Toronto is dangerous. They are kind of backpedaling. This is supposed to be their year, and now they're playing Toronto in the first round. So I got Toronto in seven. Toronto in seven? Wow. that'd be. Can you imagine that? They go out and get McDonough and Miller, and, the, and they get beat. Fuck. Selfish me really just wants Bruins leaves, like, in the second round so bad. That would be exciting to watch. Plus, like, Toronto would – Oh, my God. Can you imagine the scene there? If they end up being the Lightning first round, that'd be sick. Fucking nuts. So, we'll get to that later, though, with a Patty B hotline. Fuck yeah. Um, All right, so that was our playoff breakdown. We'll see if we're right, see if we're wrong. I'm feeling good about it. I I mean, what do we have? We have two. um, We have three series that are different between us. So, we'll see. I think we have four, dude. I have the Tampa Bay Toronto... The Capitals Blue Jackets. Oh, you're right. You're right. And the uh, Jets Wild. So, all right. And then lastly, quick, it's not even NHL in the news, but Minnesota Duluth won the national championship in St. Paul. You, you kind of went on this a little while ago. I just wanted to touch on it. Um, Notre Dame ended up making the finals because of a fucking stupid fucking garbage-ass goal against Michigan Wolverines with like seven seconds left to go. That hurt a little bit. Um, the one thing that I love watching about college hockey is, like, when they do win or score goals, the kids go fucking apeshit, dude. Like, that's when selling is all selling. Uh, Minnesota Duluth kind of, they uh, carried this one guy out. I don't know who he was, but he had a boot on his foot, and he he was all sorts of pumped up. It's always kind of cool seeing those young kids win. So, did you have anything on this that you really want to talk about? or we'll just move I just on? wanted to say, I'm kind of fucking sick of Minnesota. I said how sick the XL Center was, and it was awesome. Like, the celebration, the scene there. How loud it was was so cool. Uh, I'm sick. Minnesota should not be allowed to host that tournament, like because there's always going to be a team from there. Yeah, 2001 Maine Black Bears, such a great season. 
Where do they have to play the national championship? Minnesota. Against who? The Minnesota Gophers? Like, no way we're losing winning that game. So, I mean, like, is it really I, – I love college sports, but, like, you never really see that in basketball where a team in the national championship is playing in their hometown. Mm-hmm. Put it somewhere where, like, you really don't think that's going to happen because, to me, that's kind of fucked. Yeah, it's it's kind of like in Friday Night Lights when uh, when Permian yeah when Permian has to play Dallas Carter and, and they have to settle on a neutral site. You remember that? Right. I mean, you got to settle on a neutral site, especially if you got a coin flip to get in there. But <laughs> that's what I'm saying, man. All right, so that, that was that was NHL in the news. We're gonna now move on to our Twitter questions. Drake, what's up? Yeah, trigger fingers turn to Twitter fingers. All right, Twitter questions. Here we go. Eric three 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 wants to know about the Blues offseason priorities. Uh, I, I I'm gonna be honest with you, Eric three three three. I don't really know anything about the St. Louis Blues. I know that Braden Shen had a sick year this year. I know that uh, you have Tarasenko who's really good and Pareko and uh, Petrangelo on defense. I'm just gonna go maybe add a goalie. I don't think you guys have had a good goalie ever. Grant Fior maybe. I'd probably start there and I would look to add a forward now that Stasny's gone. Uh, free agent wise, I mean, there are some forwards coming out. I, I Tarasenko said that he kind of wants to play around New York, but can you imagine? Uh, not Tarasenko, Kovalchuk. Can you imagine him playing with Tarasenko though? That'd be kind of fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, oh, if they got Kovalchuk, that would be dangerous. My two things: uh, one, follow what the Rams said, move to LA and build a super team. I mean, draft a high pick, you know, maybe get some good free agents. Works. Looks like it's going to work pretty well for the Rams. I mean. So, I mean, that would be my one thing. My second thing, uh, maybe get Mike Yo some contacts. Like, those glasses are so fucking stupid. He looks – I hate Mike Yo. He looks like such a pompous asshole on the bench. Like, I – yeah, I just don't like the way he looks. I would, agree, I would agree with that. I think you can't you can't have both glasses and a shaved head. You have to pick one or the other. Right. Both, like Bruce Brujo. If he had glasses, I'd be like, dude, this guy sucks. Yeah. Doesn't sure. have glasses, it's like, all right, I like this little tub of lard. Yeah. Like Mike Yao, maybe he needs to grow, should he grow his hair out? I don't think he can, but maybe a beard would help. Well, here's the thing, dude. Like, I think if you just, like, rock a bald spot, like, I respect that. <laughs> You're still holding on to that dream a little bit, you know? Yeah, dude, exactly. He doesn't want to give up, so... I don't know, man. I, I think Eric three three three. I think St. Louis has is in that point where like the Rangers were and the Bruins were, where maybe they should start thinking about trading away some of those like Steens and guys like that and really building around Tarasenko, Petrangelo, and Schwartz. Yeah, not even. Keep four. Everybody else should be expendable. Try to maybe rebuild on the fly because you do have some very solid pieces there with some years left. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think this current team's anywhere close to a cup contender. Yeah, no, I, I get that. All right, thanks, Eric. Three, three, three. Next question, Colorado guy, eighteen. Probably would take up your entire show, but you could chat about the goalie interference or the Hart Memorial Trophy. I mean, we talk about goalie interference probably every single time, so let's just kind of skip that. Let's get into the Hart Trophy. Hal, who do you got taking home the Hart? <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna pander to the audience, dude. It's Colorado guy, eighteen. What do you think he wants to hear? It's Nathan McKinnon. No questions asked. I mean, you look at this roster right now. Nobody's. I mean, Nico Rantanen, unbelievable hockey player, going to have a great career. He did zilch. Him and Landis Scott did zilch when McKinnon was injured. They got shut down. Nathan McKinnon means more to that team this year than any other player in the NHL. When he went down and his line mates struggled, it was like, whoa. I thought Landis Scott had figured it out. It's like, nope, he's just riding the coattails of McKinnon. I mean, 
You can argue Hall. Hall's had an unbelievable year. Kopitar has been sick. Like, so many players, Giroux, so many players on bubble teams had such great years to get their team there that I would be okay with any of those guys winning. But Nathan McKinnon for me. Okay. Um, I mean, I was pretty pretty locked up on Taylor Hall just because, I mean, you look at the Devils, they weren't supposed to be anywhere near there, and Taylor Hall is finally playing like the guy that, you know, you draft Taylor Hall, that's who you think it's going to be. Talked about him a little bit earlier. I fucking love Claude Drew, dude. 100-plus points on the year for a Philly team. Huge bounce-back year for that guy. I don't think there's a chance he wins the Hart Trophy, but if he did, I would be pretty pumped about that. I've always liked Claude Drew since I saw that picture of him playing beer pong with two casts on his wrists. Like That's a, that's the kind of guy that should be most valuable player. Yeah, I'm, I'm completely behind Claude Drew. He definitely, like, there's so much. He's such a sick player, but you can see how much Mike Richards, like, like kind of like went off on him like he has that Mike Richards in him especially in the playoffs like he throws big hits he loves face-offs like he is a great pick I'm not gonna mention what he said and this is just like a random shout out because you mentioned Taylor Hall did you see so George LaRock can suck a fucking dick oh yeah I did see that I think we talked about that the other week when I wasn't here yeah I think you I think he was my zero is he like is he like selling a book or something like get out of my face dude yeah. If it's true or if it's not true, George Lock, that's not your place yeah. to fucking go. Like, you're retired. I don't want to fucking hear it from that guy. So, George Lock can shut the fuck up. Yeah, I'm. This guy's fucking irrelevant to me. Um, last Twitter question that we have comes from Causeway. Given that Rick Nash doesn't have to be the guy on a playoff team, do you expect him to play you looser and be an offensive weapon or not? Causeway, I think if you look into previous history. <coughs> I mean, this tends to happen a lot, right? There's a there's a guy who kind of underachieves, and he goes to a team where he's not expected to be the guy, and he fucking crushes it. Would you agree with that? Like, that's normally kind of what happens? Yeah. Okay, well, not with Rick Nash. That's not going to happen, man. Rick Nash is the same fucking guy. He's... He, he, I don't know, man. I think in the playoffs, you have to get to the gritty areas of the ice, and he has shown over the past however many years he's not willing to do that. I don't think he's going to be any sort of offensive weapon. Having said that, dude, like, he's still going to be a pretty all right player for you. He's going to get the puck out... He's not going to be a defensive liability on your, I don't know, second or third line, which isn't bad. Um, I mean, I mean, maybe he proves me wrong, but, buddy, I fucking doubt it. So that, that's what I have on the Rick Nash saga. So I've, like, come up with this theory. Uh, I think Rick Nash is about to be extremely important in this run. And I'm not saying it. Like, Ranger fans probably just gasped like we fucking heard that before, pal. Uh-huh. It is different, though, in the sense that I think – so it's – Say you play four series, you average like six games, that's 24 games. If the Bruins need to play 24 games to win a Stanley Cup, I think Rick Nash, for us to win a Stanley Cup, needs 14 points. Do you think he can do that? <coughs> um, who's he playing with? He's probably going to be playing with either Krejci and Donato or Krejci and DeBrusque. Maybe. I mean, dude, I just, like I said, he the type of player he is, he needs to get to the gritty areas of the ice in the playoffs to be effective and he has not done that. Maybe it's a different makeup of a team. Maybe he'll he'll produce a little bit more with I guess less pressure or whatever, but like I don't know, man. And I wouldn't bank I wouldn't bank the Bruins success on what Rick Nash does. I wouldn't I'm not banking it on it, but I'm saying that like there is a level of importance there. He put, he played 11 games and had 6 points for the Bruins. Like I'm kind of looking for just a little over a point every other game. Like I think a lot of it's going to depend on either Donato or DeBrusque steps up and scores goals. Uh, I, I'm not looking for him to be a big scorer, but I do need him to contribute in a game or two when we need a goal. 
and I, I don't I don't know if it's going to happen. I'm a little worried about that, but it would it would help this team a lot. All right, we will we will see. Uh, thank you for the Twitter questions. Keep sending them in every week. Now, Patty B Hotline, 518-309-2595. Patty B, take it away. Hey, this is the Patty B Hotline, brought to you by the Morning Skate. Thanks, Pat. Appreciate it, buddy. Um, all right, so we're going to get right into it. Patty actually did have a voicemail for us this week, so um, I think it's this one, and let's go. Hey, Morning Skate, Patty B here. Sorry I missed you guys last time I was sleeping for work. Anyways, alright, I got a couple questions for you. Alright, question number one. During the playoffs, what would you rather receive as a giveaway? Towels or t-shirts? Alright, towels or t-shirts? Um, fuck. <laughs> towels. I'm going towels. Like yeah. Um, so, I've been to, I try to go every year, I try to go to one Bruins game when they're in the playoffs. I've done it almost every year. Uh, last year I was out in San Diego, so I didn't make it, which was a tough go. I have all of my playoff towels. I don't think they're cool or anything like that, but here's what happens. Uh, I come home from the game. I have the towel like on me, and I always end up like throwing it under the couch. Um, moments happen. I make spills. Um, sometimes I sneeze. Uh, sometimes I participate in extracurricular activities, and I make a mess uh, on the couch, and I'm looking around, and I always find a Bruins playoff towel. Uh, they're very handy. Uh, you can throw them in the wash, and once again, you're repping your team. So Bruins playoff towels, for me, any playoff towel. T-shirts are cool, but at the same time, like how often will you actually wear it? Yeah, I, I like that. I also like that because it gives you something to wave. When your team scores, I think it's pretty cool when everybody's waving their towels, at least watching on TV. It looks fucking badass, right? Um, it always looks cooler on TV than it does in person, though. Oh, yeah, I would agree with that, too. In, in person, it's like, is, what are we doing here? But then on TV, it's like, all right, this is kind of cool. Like, I w- like, everyone should have a video. Like, you should be able to take a video of yourself. Just turn your phone around when you're waving your towel and look like how big of a jackass you look like. Like, it looks cool on TV because it's like the aerial view, but, like, in person, like, you're looking like a pretty big loser. No, for sure. I would agree with that. Um, all right, keep keep going. Number two. Me being from Buffalo, what do you think I should go to to look more forward to? Um, the Maple Leafs watch party or the Pittsburgh Penguins watch party? Both just outside their arenas. Okay, what watch party would you go to, the Leafs or the Pens? I'm going to go with the Leafs, man. I mean, the Pens have won the Cups two years in a row. That's cool, whatever. Toronto has something to look forward to. The Penguins don't really. They've already done it. So I would rather go to a Toronto watch party because I think the people are going to be fucking crazy there. Yeah, I'm a so Patty. Here's my advice for you, dude. Uh, I'm out on watch parties. I don't think you should go to either. I think it sucks uh, sitting there. It's like loud. Like you're watching it on a jumbotron. Like you're not on your couch with like surround sound going. Like there's so many better places, Patty, to watch a game. But if you're gonna do one, what you need to do is you need to find a bar close to where the watch party is in Toronto. Uh, maybe a dive bar with some real fans. Molson's, whatever they're drinking with that. I drink beer at a bar in Toronto, and then once the game's over, head over to the fucking party in the street. Yeah, maybe have your own watch party, Pat, right? Yeah, for sure. But I think if you're going to travel, right, do you think my, like, I just think being in a bar with, like, fans and it's, like, packed, like, I would rather, over everything, be home. But, like, to experience Toronto, especially when you don't have a dog in the fight, like, I think going to a bar would be your best bet. No, I like that. I would agree with that. Um, and then he says he's done, but I'm going to hang up. Oh, wait, that's one more thing. 
guess how many NHL games I went to this season. I'll give you guys a hint. All of my games that I went to, I documented on my Instagram. TV Hockey 04. All right, later, guys. Bye. All right, Pat. That was a shameless plug of your Instagram account. Um, how many games has Pat Ballantyne been to this year? I don't know. I mean, Pat, I'll tell you what, though. I did. I logged on to your Instagram, and I was counting them through, and I was checking dates, and I was matching stamps. Uh, I took it very seriously. I definitely investigated. Um, what do you got, dude? 69? 18. I think you went to 18 games. I'm going to go. So, Pat always tweets us that he's in the pits of misery in Buffalo, which, I mean, I loved going to Sabres games when I lived in Buffalo for a year. I went by myself, which, like, some people think is a wild move. But I had the time of my life going to games by myself, especially because no one's there. It's like, what, is a Sabres fan be like, look at that idiot at a game by himself? It's like, you're a Sabres fan, pal. Why don't you kick rocks? So, 27. I think he probably went to a lot. It, it did seem like he went to over half of the game. So, I mean, shameless plug. Shout out to you, Pat. That's a lot of hockey games. I guess I can get behind that. That's oh, Pete. What? Here's a gripe, Patty Ballantyne, since we're on the hotline. Are you a Devils fan? Are you a Devils fan, Pat? Let me know. Because I feel like the Ballantines, I know your brother, and your brother, the first time I ever met your brother was not in person. It was on a hockey DB board, and he was a Devils fan. So, I mean, and that's probably the stupidest thing I've ever said, that I just admitted I met someone on a hockey DB board. I was like 14. I think, uh, I mean, are you a Devils fan, are you a Blues fan, or are you a Sabres fan? Right? Figure it out, Pat. We need to fucking know. Figure it out. And then we have one more uh, one more question from our boy Seth in Arizona. You can't really hear it, so I'll play it, and then I'll read to you what he has to say. Number one fan. Hey Seth, finally calling in. Uh, first, Ted, congrats on not having AV as your coach anymore. Thanks. A couple of questions. First one, thank you, partner here. As a fan, what kind of captain do you like for your team? And as a player, what kind of leadership do you like from your captain? Do you like someone who's uh, your dare to step on? Oh, we did a lot of good things. Going to call you out on your shit. Uh, last question. Not that the playoffs are tonight. Which team are you looking forward to watching? Unless, of course, you're Bruins fan and you're teammates. Good job, guys. And, and I guess uh, for me, let's go. Right. But. All right. So what he wants to know is, as a well, he congratulated me on AV. Thanks, Seth. Um, as a fan, what kind of captain do you like for your team? As a player, what kind of leadership do you like from your captain? Uh, then he, he kind of gave out an example. Step on, we did a lot of good things. or somebody to call out for your shit, stand out for teammates, whatever. And then he said, lastly, now that the playoffs are set, who are you looking forward to watching to? Thinking I have to go Preds here, love me some Carrie Underwood. I like that, Seth. Um, I mean, I kind of like, uh, if you had to pick any captain in the league to, like, be your captain, who would you pick? Um, I mean, Kind of putting you on the her. spot, sorry, but... I mean, I love Bergeron and Chara, like, right off the bat for the Bruins. Like, either of them can be my captain. I like the way Claude Giroux handles his business. I know we talk about him a lot on the podcast. Uh, fuck. I mean, dude, I don't always hate it when it's a player that, like, is, like, a second liner that gets to see. Like, that always comes kind of bumps me up. Like, I think if Derek McKenzie's your captain, that's a problem. I'm trying to think of the captains in the league that I, like, really, really respect and there aren't like a ton are there the one that kind of gets a lot of buzz is jonathan taves and i i mean i agree with it right he if you look at him as a hockey player i mean he's a fucking really good hockey player for sure but i wouldn't consider him an elite 
elite kind of hockey player, right? But I think the fact that his leadership skills are so good, how he pushes his teammates, how he'll be the first one to fight, how if they need a spark, he'll go out and throw a hit. Like, that's the kind of guy that you need to get behind. And honestly, that's probably why the Blackhawks have been so good for years. Like, that's a guy you've gotten to battle for. Still a very good player. Can You know, he can lead by example. Like, he can score goals. I mean, he's not a McDavid or a Crosby, but he's still a good player. But at the same time, like, that guy's going to bang. That guy... He's a guy you battle for. So I I would probably pick Jonathan Taves. Maybe not on his contract, but if you actually are just looking for like a, a like a legitimate player, that's I'd probably pick him. Three, I just looked up captains. Three guys that I like in the league that I wouldn't mind leaving my team gets left. Yeah. Uh, Nick Foligno, I think, is a good captain because he kind of is that second-line yep. player who has a lot of talent, can be an all-star, but also leads by example and will drop the gloves. Uh, and then the last one, I like Pavelski too. I, I think he's kind of that type of guy as well where he just leads by example on the ice. Uh, I will say to answer your question as a fan, I always hope my captain has one of the biggest uh, hogs in the shower. Yeah, for sure. Uh, big hogs. Um, you nailed it with the Getzlap, by the way. I would fucking love that guy as my captain. That guy's fucking sick. That guy on an Eastern Conference team in a big market would be one of the faces of the NHL. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he's an unbelievable hockey player. He'll never get the respect he deserves because, I mean, he's done it year in and year out. And he play. I mean, he's just a nails too. Yeah. Like, I, would you want to fight Ryan Getzloff? Like, no, no chance. Fuck no. Uh, he's still pissed off that he lost all of his hair in like two years. <laughs> yeah, and what was the other part of that? So it was if you oh. were a player, what do you look for in a captain? Uh, as a player, what kind of leadership do you like from your captain? I think we can both agree somebody who's not afraid to fucking throw the throw the fist around, bang bodies, call you out on your shit, and have a have a hog, as you as you would say. <laughs> yeah. I think I think like as a cat, like as a player, I want a guy who he's he does everything the right way. He's quiet for the most part. Uh, he plays on the ice hard, and when he needs to yell at you, he fucking screams in your face. And then the other thing too is I like a captain. He might be. I don't care if he's like nice to the media or not nice to the media, but I think your captain really has to be like fuck these guys. Like when I like I think about the Bruins and they have like Joe Haggerty, who's the biggest troll. Like, Adam Herman coming to the Rangers locker room. Like, I think your captain needs to be making fun of that fucking guy who's writing trash articles about your player. Like, Joe, if I, Oh, if dude, I'm Joe writing, Thornton. Do you remember a couple years ago when Thomas Hurdle scored four goals? And he's like, yeah, if I scored four goals, I'd be waving my cock around too or something like that in the locker room. Like, that's kind of a guy that you get behind. You're like, fuck yeah. Right. Like, I'm just going to throw that, like, the most random example in the world. Like, Say Matthew Dumba gets, like, burned on three goals, right? Mm-hmm. And he's getting hammered. He gets, like, an article comes out the next day, and, like, the media's hammering him. Like, I expect Miko Koivu in the locker room, the next time that reporter asks him the question, to be a fucking complete dick to that guy. Yeah. Just, like, just like to back your boys. Like, even if what he said is true, like, I think the way you interact with the media, like, it matters. No, I, I 100%. You have to go to bat for your teammates. You can't just fucking leave your teammates out to dry, honestly. Right. I mean, and I think that's all it really comes down to with that. So that was a really good question. What was it? What was the last part? I mean, there uh, was one more he said, lastly, now that the playoffs are set, who are you looking forward to watching? Like, what team do you pick? I mean, obviously, you're picking the Bruins. Um, if I have to pick a team that I would want to win, I mean, Tampa Bay would be cool because I, I – I really want to see Dan Girardi lift the Stanley Cup. I don't know if that sounds dumb. Out of anybody in the playoffs right now, that's the one guy out of anybody that I want Because he's a fucking warrior. You know what I mean? Dude, yeah. Uh, but it's hard because they have, like, they have fucking Killhorn and Kunitz on their team. I fucking hate those guys. Oh, dude, this is a gross story, and then I'm going to follow up. So one of my impossible zeros of the week was going to be Ryan Donato. 
because a story came out that when Alex Killorn was at Harvard, it was his favorite player, and he used to steal his sticks. My respect for Ryan Donato has gone down so much. Yeah. Like, I get that Alex Killorn was scoring like 30 goals a year at Harvard, and your dad was the coach, but like looking up to Alex Killorn, dude, I hate that guy's face. I said on Twitter, I deleted it because like it, no one really like agrees with me, but <laughs> and I probably shouldn't admit to that, but. Uh, I think Alex Korn deserves a fucking wet willy. Like, I hate that guy so fucking much. Yeah, uh, maybe Mark Fine can go give him a wet willy, dude. To follow up, dude, I know you and Seth apparently are big Carrie Underwood guys. Um, Don't you fucking say something you're going to regret, pal. I hope, I think deep down, dude, like, Mike Fisher seems like a really good guy. And, like, I don't really give a fuck what's going on in their relationship. I think Mike Fisher might just, in his back of his head, though, be like, Fucking stay at home. Like, yeah. like this isn't about you. Get out of here. Yeah. Like, I could see I that. I mean, that's got to be supporting him. And yeah. like, she wants to go to the games. Like, she obviously has the money to go to the games. So I get that. But like, I if I was if I was Mike Fisher, I'd go up to like the fly or the Predators PR team, and be like, can you not put the camera on her a ton tonight? Like, <laughs> and, and like, not like it's going to affect his game in any way. But it's like. You're there. You're so much more famous than Mike Fisher. Yeah. And Mike Fisher is such a cool fucking story. He came back, and like I've always liked Mike Fisher. Like thinking back to that like Ottawa Senators team that almost won the cup. Like he was sick. Uh, like just give the guy some fucking light. It's his last shot at a goddamn cup, Gary Underwood. I don't need to see you fucking shaking your shaking your body and singing along to some like song and like. I don't know, man. Do you get what I'm saying there? I, I get what you're saying, but it's also like Mike Fisher's a leader. He's like an experienced veteran. It, can you imagine if can you imagine if it was like fucking some I don't know, like 25, 26 year old kid who who wasn't like exactly a leader of a team and he ended up, let's say this would never happen, but let's say he ended up dating like Kendall Jenner. And then like they have like Kendall Jenner on the on the fucking Jumbotron like tweeting out and shit, how bad that guy would get ripped apart in the locker room. It's just like it, the other thing too is like as on the team, like I'm gonna re- I'm not gonna say names, but like we all like growing up there was kids on our team where their moms would be dancing in the fucking stands and singing the songs and yeah. like you ripped on them for that mm-hmm. like just like I don't know I don't know Carrie like you're a beautiful woman you're very talented like I just don't I don't want to hear about her yeah don't make it about you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good 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 luck with that Mike Fisher. This is so funny, dude. I. I, that was, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Don't make it about you, Gary. After <laughs> um, all right. Thanks for the voicemails again. If you guys have any calls, 518-309-2595. Moving on. Dom Morris, Heroes and Zeros. Let's go. Hey, fans. This is Dominic Moore. I'm just going to take you guys through a little bit of the behind-the-scenes stuff here. Thank you, Dom. Having a great year up there in Toronto. All right. Heroes and Zeros time. I'll go first. My hero of the week goes to Stanley Cup playoff commercials. If the, the NHL does one thing right, it's the fact that they really nail every single Stanley Cup playoff commercial that they have. I, I don't know. I like the handshake ones. I like the uh, hit. What was the if history was made or something like that? Like they have so many awesome Stanley Cup playoff commercials that like really get me horny. So that's fun. And then my zero of the week, uh, Pierre Maguire told a story about how Andre Pavlik and Peter Mrazek were talking in check to each other in warmups of the Flyers Rangers game. And he said that he asked them if they were talking about schnitzel, schnitzel recipes or whatever. I can't imagine what those two fucking guys thought when Pierre Maguire was asking them what they were talking about in check. They were probably just being like, this Pierre Magu- Maguire guy's a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, the Pierre thing is pretty straightforward. Like, all right, bud, like, 
We're not talking about schnitzels. You know what I know. That's a bad joke. Uh, the yeah. Stanley Cup playoff commercials, dude. <laughs> my one gripe with them is this. Like, you're right. They're awesome. And I love when they come on. But they play the same ones every year. Like, why can't they just be like, oh, this sick commercial we made in 1999? Let's put this one on. Like, it doesn't matter the year. Like, the emotion of those commercials is still there. Like, I just wish they used the whole library. Like, go back. Like, be like 2004, there was this sick commercial. Play it. Because it will bring back old memories and it will pump me up. Like, I just because the players aren't still there. Like, I just think that would be a cool concept. And I know in their videos they show old highlights. But, like, just show all the commercials. I think that would be, like, really cool. No, I like that, too. That's good. What about your Heroes and Zeros, buds? Yeah, I'm pretty tired right now, dude. This is a long podcast. I'm feeling winded. Um, my Heroes baseball uh, playoff hockey is intense. Like, it's so intense. <laughs> like, I'm riding highs and lows. It's the best time of year. Like, I'm so pumped up because you have – my, my whole focus at work is on this game that's coming later in the night. Like, it's the best feeling in the world. But it's it's a high, dude. And, like, you need to come down from it. And I think the perfect, perfect thing to do that is, like, falling asleep watching, like, spring baseball. Uh, it's kind of exciting because you're seeing all the new baseball teams come in. You're seeing how teams are going to look this year. But the games don't really matter that much. And, like, at the end of the day, it's kind of like an escape. So I really appreciate baseball this time of year. Okay. Do you not, dude? Do you not like, like, do you know what I'm saying, though? Like, playoff hockey is so, like, unbelievable. But, like, it's too much for me, dude. Like, I feel like I need to take a Ritalin or something. Like, like yeah. I can't, I, like, yeah. if I tune on, like, a Red Sox game, like, on a day off and, like, I watch it and, like, I don't really care. Like, I'm, like, very mellowed out by it. No, I get that. I mean, like, in, in, in my situation with the Rangers not being in the playoffs, it's kind of nice to be able to watch the Yankees now. So, I mean, mine's different, but I, I mean, I am pretty pumped that baseball's back, so I'll give that to you. Um, oh, so also I wanted to shout out for your boy Rex because he's a big Padres guy, and they got walked off by an infield fly last night, so that's <laughs> brutal. Yeah, their uh, fucking new guy, Eric Hosmer, really shit the bed there. Oh, my zero of the week, dude, yeah. Slava Malamud. What an idiot. So this is the reporter, the insider. Basically, he's in North America now. He's like an insider. Feel like he probably got like run out of Russia, and he always thinks he has the hot scoops on Russian hockey. This is the guy who came out with that huge Twitter thread saying that the Ska St. Petersburg team it was rigged and they were going to win, and Putin's team, this and that, they got fucking eliminated. They're out. <laughs> so uh, I don't think if Vladimir Putin was rigging it, they would somehow lose. Uh, I think you're an idiot. Uh, his insider, his insider name, that needs to be, that title's gone. Strip it off him. No longer allowed to call yourself an insider. Can't tweet any rumors, any scoops. You don't fucking have them, dude. They're gone. I, it's sad, dude. I mean, you would think this guy smears more propaganda on the Moscow streets than Vladimir Putin. So I hope this guy fucking goes off the face of a cliff because, I mean, you were wrong. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty much just like a rogue Russian hockey fan now. Yeah, dude, and, like, everyone believed him. Why did he have so much credibility? Well, like, why Why did I trust this guy's tweet so much? I never trust insiders unless it's, like, Bob McKenzie. You know why be, would this guy believe this? You know what would be really funny is if this guy was just, like, some American guy who, like, just got a bunch of followers and, like, pretended to be a Russian guy and just started tweeting out, like, weird shit. Like, that'd yeah, be pretty funny. It's, like, Craig from, like, Akron, Ohio. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, guess what happened with this team today? 
Seriously, dude, that it's, it, like if you read that those tweets back now, it seems like a parody account. Like, uh, yeah, dude, there was that one, and then there was one about how like one of the KHL teams like slaughtered a sheep in a pregame ritual. <laughs> dude, I don't know what to believe anymore, dude. It kind of like it's like never meet your heroes. It's like never find out your insiders aren't actually insiders. Like I thought Russia was crazy, and now I'm starting to think like, oh fuck, maybe they're. Maybe it's a little more normal in that league. Yeah, and now that you brought up Bob McKenzie, I got a dash one on him. He was talking about how he thought Elaine Vigneault would be back. I mean, they were still deciding it, but he's a great coach and that the New York Rangers really liked him as a coach and all this shit. <sighs> Fucking six hours later, he's he's packing his bags. I, I thought Bob McKenzie had a little bit more in his fucking arsenal than that. So, I mean, maybe a cozy of the yeah. week to go to Bob. <laughs> I mean, that's tough, dude. Did Bob come out and say that he had a rumor, or was he just stating his opinion? When the Rangers went out with that letter or whatever, they were on NBCSN, and he was, like, talking about AV, and he's like, now there's a question of Lane coming back. And he's like, he's still on a two-year contract. What I do know is that the Rangers respect him and think he's a, and think he's a great coach and all this stuff. I think if the Rangers respect him and he was a great coach, they probably would have waited a week or two to fire him. Dude, do you think, though? Do you think that, I mean, this is a tough look for Bob McKenzie. This is crazy. This is the first negative thing we've ever said about him on the podcast ever and we talked in real life literally yeah. everybody i love i love bob mckenzie now the only thing that i have on that is maybe the rangers maybe gorton when av said that like i'm i there's without a doubt i'm coming back i think the coaching staff is the best part of this organization maybe gorton at that point was just like what the fuck did you just say like you're fucking out maybe that was like like a straw that broke the camel's back maybe he was just done with it I don't know, but a rough look for Bob McKenzie. I dude, I was thinking that maybe uh, Gorton, like Gorton's going out in press conferences, being like, "Yeah, hey, you know, AV's a great coach," and then he's sitting down with like all the other guys in the organization. He's like, "Fuck this guy, <laughs> yeah, he's right, gone. I can't wait to fire this motherfucker." <laughs> like, do you, like I mean, because part of it's like he kept him to the end of the year, so he didn't hate the guy. Like, he has some respect for him because he didn't fire him till the very end. But then there'd be like. <laughs> Like, you knew Gorin the whole time. It's like, this guy's toast. Well, that was the thing, dude. I tweeted out, like, during the game, I was like, did they fire him yet? And, like, in the back of my mind, I was like, like he'll, we're not we're not going to know for, like, a really long time if this guy's fired. Like, the last, that's why I thought you were fucking with me when you texted me. I was like, there's not a shot. Like, this is going to come up pretty much a draft day. He'll probably start the year as our coach next year. I was not expecting that, so. That was pumped. Uh, that, those were our, our Heroes and Zeros. Last segment. This is a long podcast. But you guys love it. We're moving in. Three stars. Play it. All right, Jim and Mike, thanks very kindly. A nice weekend for you. As always, our three-star selectors are stars of the hockey scene wherever we go on Rogers Hometown Hockey. Three stars Three stars of the week. Here we go. As a fan, what are three things you need to do to gear up for the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs? My, uh, my third star of the week, I think maybe it's a good time to find a new chicken wing place. I love eating fucking real bad food during during the year, uh, especially come playoff time. Chicken wings are my absolute favorite. I mean, maybe maybe once a series you try a new chicken wing place and you try to find the best chicken wing. Um, I I I think that's a great move. Yeah, that's good, dude. <clears throat> and it's also it's acceptable to eat chicken wings more than once a week. It might be the only time of year mm-hmm. uh, where you can really just be like, you know what, I deserve this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna sit down like. I never, like, I love chicken wings, and I'll grab them at the bar with the boys, or, like, if I'm ever at a bar, I'll grab them. But, like, I never, I have a live-in roommate of the female gender. Like, I never, I'm like, let's have chicken wings for dinner. Mm-hmm. Like, that never flies. But this time of year, 
She's going to be like, what's for dinner at night? And I'm going to text her back, like, I just grabbed 12 chicken wings to figure Ted, it out. Ted, you gained fucking 25 pounds. What are you doing? It's fucking playoffs. Yeah, so jumping off eating chicken wings all the time, my third star is uh, it's okay to drink every night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got and maybe even try out some new beers, dude. I know you're a big IPA guy. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's... You know, sometimes it's, if it's a Wednesday night and it's a regular season game and you, like, drink a four-pack, you, like, kind of are like, what did I just do? Like, tomorrow's going to be terrible. Playoffs, it doesn't matter, dude, because you're going to wake up in the morning. If your team won, you're going to, like, pull open YouTube. You're going to watch the highlights of the game. If your team lost, you're going to be like, whatever. If you're just a casual fan, you're going to be like, wow, last night was sick. Those games are so good. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm glad I drank a six-pack. It just makes it worth it. Like, the hangover and the fight at work the next day are finally worth it. It, it's it's you're kind of like almost in the game with them like, the, like you know what i mean like they're tired you're tired i know hal's dad is a listener of this podcast and he probably thinks we're a bunch of fucking idiots but if there's one thing that he can agree on with us it's the fact that it's time for chicken wings and beer come playoff time <laughs> hell yeah fuck yeah all right uh my second star i think it's time to buy several seasons of chew uh, the last thing you want to do is run out of lips mid-game or, like, it going into overtime and having to, like, get in your car and drive to Stewart's and maybe miss, like, the final of the game. Uh, I'm not a big, oh, I'll give me a sleep, but when it comes to playoff time, dude, you want to make sure that you have plenty of chew in stock. Ooh, I want to shout out any listeners that know what I'm about to talk about. <laughs> playoff hockey is, uh, it's it might be the most acceptable time of year to get a tub of Stokers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could go for that so bad right now, oh my god. <laughs> God. Big time. A tub of stokers for the boys. Uh, you're right, dude. You don't want to get caught in that pinch. And the worst, and the worst. No pun is, intended, dude. Damn. The worst too is it's like uh, second overtime, dude. Ten minutes left. You just finished your last beer, and there's no there's no chew. Yeah. It's rough. Left. You're looking right, dude. If you're with your boys, you're good. If you're not, it's like this is about to be a grind. Yeah. Next thing you know, like like at that point, you're finding anything in the apartment. Food, drinks, I'll be slamming celery sticks. Like you are panicking to just have something to calm your nerves. Mm-hmm. Like you do not want to get caught in the pinch. Dude. So again, so I'm I'm right there with you. Uh my second star uh is after the East Coast game. And maybe a quick jerk off uh, before the West Coast game starts. Jesus. You want to know what, dude? Very aggressive. But at the same time, man, I could not agree more. Like, you don't want to do that in the middle of the game. You don't want to wait until fucking 2 o'clock in the morning. You have about a half-hour slot of time to, like, take care of business. Or intermission, dude, where you're going to have to rush. I agree. I I don't know if we really want to get too much into that, but, like, if, if you're a true hockey fan and, like, you're a dude listening to this, you're probably just like, holy fuck, you're right. Um, and then last, lastly, my number one star, you got to prepare an excuse for work coming in late just in case there's a triple overtime game. I always kind of do the, oh, my car broke because my car always breaks. So maybe, oh, no, like, my starter was going. I had to borrow somebody else's car kind of thing. Gives you a couple hours or two just in case it's a real late game and you're up late. Yeah, dude, I that I mean, that's always a grind, though, dude, because you know the next morning, like, you're grabbing your phone quick. You have to wake up early. You got to figure it out. It's 100% worth it, dude. Like, I mean, back in our glory days, like, when we had jobs or, like, it wasn't an actual job, like, when you're in college or 
whatever and like we worked at like a racetrack and we did like <laughs> landscaping and shit like that dude it was basically no call no show yeah it, um, it was you waiting in, in the car we were supposed to work at eight it was you waiting in the car till about nine fifteen for me to show up yeah i would literally so playoff hockey like this is the year the rangers and the kings are in the cup and obviously he was watching the rangers games every night and it was basically we had to clock in at eight o'clock and i had the pickup truck that we'd pick up and it'd be me and him and basically, when you walk in, you get assignments on what to do. And because we landscape, my assignment was always to get mulch. Uh, so what I would do instead of getting mulch is I'd drive to a mulch pile, like in the back of the woods, hide away, uh, and wait for him to show up at 9 o'clock, an hour late to work. Fuck yeah. Uh, we could start our day. <laughs> and, and every time I'd come in, our boss would be like, Jimmy, what are you doing? I'd be like, stop yelling at me, dude. I'm on it. <laughs> we got work done, though. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess my first star is just, uh, I'm not going to go too in-depth with what I originally thought I was going to say. I'm just going to say, you need to have a nice place in the living room. Like, if you have a roommate like me, uh, if you have anything, if you live with someone, a female, you're married, you just need to make sure that you have a spot on a couch where, like, your laptop's there, you have headphones there, everything, maybe, like, a beer opener if you need that, like, anything you need charger on deck the nicest blanket in the apartment or house that's mm-hmm. yours for the next couple of weeks you just need to make sure that you have a spot where everyone knows from like seven to midnight this is my spot i know what i'm doing get on train or get out yeah can i add one more to that yeah got to make sure the lights are off if the lights are off that's a sign like i don't want to be talked to oh for sure dude lights off is uh it's definitely a big one like it sets the mood, dude. You can't be able to see anything. The darker, the better, for sure, when you're watching the games. I'm right there with you. 100%. Um, so that was a hell of a podcast, dude. That was a pretty long one. <laughs> I think we covered quite a lot of stuff. I think people are going to enjoy this. Do you have anything else for the people? I mean, playoffs start, what, Wednesday? Yeah, I think um, I would just say to us, like, if you see cool stuff going on in the playoffs, tweet it at us. Like, I would love to see. Like, I'm trying to. This playoffs, even though I have a team in the playoffs, my mindset is I want to see and enjoy as many other teams' journeys as my mm-hmm. own. So, I mean, if there's something cool going on, let us know. Uh, I'm just, I'm really, I'm really excited. Uh, it's going to be fun, man. I know you don't have a dog in the fight. I know Chief kind of said some wise words when he was on our podcast. I mean, what overall, before we go, what are your thoughts on just your attitude towards the playoffs without having a team in it this year. I've already talked about this before. The Rangers aren't in it. I knew they weren't going to be in it in a while. But this is like the most pumped up I've been for the playoffs in a really long time. If you look at all the teams in the playoffs, other than maybe like two or three, like I feel like a lot of them have a realistic shot of taking home the cup. Right. And I would say. And I mean, I how, am, how many times over the last couple of years could you have said that? I mean, I. I don't want to shit on Devils fans because, I, I mean, I respect the Devils and they could beat the Bruins 100%. I mean, the Devils and I think the Knights, in my opinion, and the Avs are the three teams that I don't see winning the Cup. I see I, the Devils, the Knights, the Avs, the Flyers, and the Blue Jackets. All the other teams, I think, have a shot. So, I mean, that's still 11 teams. I mean, it, it yeah. is wide open, so it's definitely going to be a fun one. Not and it seems sure. like it's gone more towards that, like... Growing up, I felt like there's always two or three teams. You're like, they're going to be there. This year, man, it'll be fun for sure. I mean, it's not like football where you have the Pats pretty much in every year. Like, this year is really fucking wide open. Uh, it's 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 pretty fucking crazy, especially with a team that has, like, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Phil Kessel, Chris Letang, uh, Derek Broussard, and they're not, like, really a favorite. It's pretty fucking crazy. So, um, thanks for tuning in, guys. Get a chance. 
Give us a review on Facebook and iTunes. iTunes can be big. Go to our iTunes, review us there. We'd really appreciate it. Five stars, naturally. Let us know what you like. Um, and also, Seth, if you get a chance, man, send me send me a good bar to get like wings or beers at. I'm going to be in Scottsdale this week for a work trip. I'll try to sneak off and hang out, maybe grab a couple beers and uh, talk some hockey with you. So slide, slide in the DMs, let us know. Everybody else, get pumped up, man. we got playoff hockey. We'll see you guys next week.
The scene is Boston, Massachusetts.